Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Spurs Cast with your host, Paul Garcia. And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Cast. On today's episode, I will be going solo. In this episode, I'll discuss the latest transactions by the Spurs, examine who might get waived or traded, and brainstorm potential starting lineups. Before I record, I do want to note that I am taping this episode on Thursday, July 20th at 6.38 p.m. Mountain Time. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into this episode of the Spurs cast. All right, so uh, uh, I, I do want to make a note that Thank you all for those of you that, that watch the YouTube videos. I put these short videos out every time the Spurs make some sort of transaction. So some of this stuff, if you've watched the videos, it's going to be a little repetitive um, that you've already seen before. But for those that listen only through the audio, uh, listen to the Spurs cat that, go, that, that goes into your feed each week. This is going to be some new, not new information, maybe that you've not heard, but just the way I presented it. So uh, since the last Spurs cast recording about a week ago, when I recorded with Colin Reed, the Spurs have made several different moves. Um, number one, they, they waived Lamar Stevens, who had a... Um, who is going to have a $400,000 cap hit. They also traded for Cameron Payne from the Phoenix Suns, where they acquired his $6.5 million salary, along with a 2025 second round pick via the New Orleans Pelicans and cash. And then in return, the Spurs sent a heavily favored 2024 second round pick to Phoenix. Then the Spurs also officially signed Trey Jones to his, his salary. And according to Keith Smith of Spotrack, Jones's uh, new deal is at $9.9 million in year one and then $9.1 million in year two. Uh, what this means for the Spurs' cap sheet is that they are officially over the cap with uh, Jones sign and also keeping Sandro Mamukalashvili's cap hold and also Dominic Barlow's cap hold. But if they did want to go out and sign a free agent, they do have that $7.7 million room exception to use. I doubt they're going to use it just because they're 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 facing a situation where they're, where they're they have limited roster space. But that's kind of where their roster stands. Now, what decisions are we are we awaiting for the Spurs to make before? Uh, into the future. So we are still expecting Sandro Mamukalashvili to sign his deal. I'm a little interested as to why he hasn't signed, considering it's supposed to be at the veteran minimum after Trey Jones signed and took, you know, he pretty much used all their cap space or their cap space was gone. I, I, I don't know why the Spurs uh, haven't gone forward with, with Mamu signing yet. And again, it is Thursday that they haven't done this and they sound, they signed Jones on Tuesday. I'm going to give one theory on a possibility in, in my next, uh, in the next player I'm about to talk about, and that's Dominic Barlow. So we know that he's still a restricted free agent with the opportunity to return to the Spurs on a two-way contract, or he could see if another team or the Spurs offers him a full NBA deal. And if you, if you're watching visually, I have a note here, two, $2 million, $2 million. So the reason why that's an interesting number is because if the Spurs wanted to salvage their last bit of cap space, they can actually still open up $2 million. And here's how they would renounce Mamu's uh, cap hold, and they would sign him last. They would sign him to that veteran minimum, but last. They would also renounce uh, Barlow's cap hold. And so taking away his $1.8 million cap hold, that opens up $2 million left in cap space. And if they wanted to give Dominic a salary like you know two to four years and starting at $2 million in year one, that would actually be more than his veteran minimum because he's only a one-year player. Uh, who has one year of experience in the league. His, his, his veteran minimum is about $1.8 million. So that $2 million could be uh, actually a little bit more uh, in salary. Now, again, I don't know if they're going to do this, 
maybe Barlow just hasn't signed uh, his qualifying offer because he's trying to see if another team's going to send in a qualifying offer to him, or maybe he's trying to, he, he's still negotiating with the Spurs. But that's just one theory on why I'm, I'm just seeing like, you know, why haven't they signed Mamu Kalashvili? It, it could just be that they just haven't got around to signing the contract. So that it could just mean nothing. But again, there is that possibility that maybe they want to give Barlow, if they were to give him a full salary spot, I mean, a full roster spot, a bump in salary more than his veteran minimum uh, would allow. There is also C.D. Sissoko, who's um, unsigned still. So we know that the Spurs drafted him in the second round. The Spurs can go two ways with him where they can try to uh, put him, to sign him to a two-way contract. Or they can try to use that new second-round pick exception to give him anywhere from like a two- to four-year deal if they wanted to. We've seen multiple teams do that uh, using that new second-round pick, pick exception. And that doesn't count against your salary cap until after July 31st. So um, I'm not sure yet either what, what kind of deal they're going to they're gonna go forward with with Barlow or, or Sissoko. Again, the key, the key thing to, to note there is that if they sign one or both of those players to full roster deals, then they're going to have to either trade or waive even more players. And I'll get into that discussion here in a bit. Now, uh, we do note that as of right now, the Spurs have about two months up until up until the first game of the regular season, actually two and a half months um, to either trade two players or waive two players to get their roster down to the the required um, minimum uh, roster space. So the reason so the issue here is that the Spurs have 17 players with guaranteed deals on their contracts right now. They can only have 15 going into opening night in uh, mid-October. So they have a lot of time to try to trade out two players or try to waive two players. But there is going to be have to be some decisions uh, coming down here uh, within the next two and a half months. And, and I'll get into to, to some of those players, um, potential players who get traded or waived here in, in a bit. And then something else to keep an eye on uh, this offseason is uh, a potential Devin Vassell extension. Now, last year, we did see Keldon Johnson get a very quick extension. I think he signed with like within like the first month of July. He got his he got his extension from the Spurs. But in, in b- before Keldon, the Spurs had a tendency to wait until right before the October deadline to sign the uh, some of their, their players to extensions. And that was the case with DeJounte Murray and Derek White. Both of those players didn't get their extensions until right before the deadline in October. I, I think it's right before the season starts or it might be like Halloween, October 31st. So I, I do still think that Devin's going to get an, an extension somewhere in that like 20 to $25 million range, which is about 15 to 18% of the cap next year. But, um, you know, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Again, the Spurs have a tendency to wait until October to do this. It's not, aside from Keldon, um, they don't usually sign these players to extensions right away in, in July. Okay, so now the tricky question is who gets traded or waived? So I have two columns here where I'm going to talk about some players who are most of these players are all in the, in the final year of their deal, or if they have a deal beyond next season, they, they have non-guaranteed salary or partially guaranteed salary. So let's first talk about the players I don't think will get traded um, immediately or like the Spurs would either trade or wave. And so I think that the, these players are, are pretty much locked into the roster uh, uh, to, to begin the season. Zach Collins, of course, we don't think he's going to get traded or um, because, again, they, 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 right now it looks like he's going to be the starting five. Um, he's been an established part of their, of their team for, for multiple years now. Um, the only way I see him getting traded might be like the February trade deadline if they're having a losing season and maybe they don't have any plans to have Zach as their, as their future five. Maybe then they could say, okay, we're going to put you, we're going to see if, if, if a playoff team will try to trade for you. So, again, I don't think Zach Collins gets traded. Doug McDermott, um, he's in the final year of his deal. Uh, I, 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 again, I, he's been part of their, their bench unit. He's been, he's been, he has that continuity that he kind of knows the system now that he's been with the Spurs for multiple years. 
he's a player where also I don't see them trading trading him right away. I think that again, if they're having a losing season, then down the road come February, the trade deadline, you know, it, playoff teams would want Doug, and so the Spurs would see, okay, you know, it, it, do they have any plans to maybe sign Doug in the offseason? If not, then maybe they look at moving him. So again, I think Doug is, is pretty safe uh, to still be on the roster by um, by opening night. Then there's Charles Bassey. Um, he does have about three years left on his deal. The last two years are non-guaranteed. And it looked like he, he really found a spot for himself last year on, on the team. And then, of course, we know that he ended up getting injured. But we have seen a part of the uh, part of the group right now. We saw like at Summer League, he's been in a lot of the photos and the videos. He's been there uh, with, with several Spurs players. And so I think his spot is pretty safe. Um, the only thing I would say, and he's also like the third big. If you look at the, the bigs on the roster, it's like Zach Collins, Sandro Mamakalashvili, and then Charles Bassey. So, they, you know, he would basically be their third big at this point, your traditional five. And so... The only part, I, again, I think he, his 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 um his, his uh, spot is pretty safe as far as not getting traded before the opening night or getting waived. Um, he he looks like he's pretty safe there. The only reason why I would say kind of just keep an eye out is just because of the salary. It's the, the fact that he's at two point six million. If they have to waive a player, um, you know, some of these other players that I'm going to talk about, they may want to keep those players until until February. And the tough part is that again, if if they needed to, um, you know, because you could try to get uh, probably um better assets, draft assets for some of these players I'm about to discuss. And so I do wonder if, again, I think he's pretty safe, but I don't know for sure how, how safe Bassey is if they can't find a trade for him or, or not, not for him, but for another player, would he be that player, unfortunately, but we'll see again. I think he's, he's pretty safe. That's why I put him more in this, in the first column of established with the team. Now let's talk about the second column. And these are players that I call have, um, I, I list these players here from, I think most trade value to least trade value. So I think Reggie Bullock has a lot of trade value. I think that if the Spurs are going to try to hold on to him, if, if they can get a, a really good deal before training camp, then I think they'll, they'll say yes and they'll move him. But if they can't, I think they're going to wait until um, February and see if, you know, what playoff team, um, you know, s- sends a really good offer for him. Uh, Jetty Osman, again, same situation. I think, I think that uh, if they can get a really good deal now uh, between now and training camp, they'll, they'll pull, they'll, they'll say yes and they'll, they'll, they'll move him. But if not, I think they're going to hold on to him as well until, until the trade deadline in February same scenario for Cameron Payne. If there's a if there's a really good deal out there for him right now, they'll, they'll say yes. But if not, I think they'll just wait until the uh, trade deadline. Devontae Graham, um, his contract's interesting because he has 12.1 million he's making this season, plus he gets 2.8 million guaranteed in 24-25. I think he's also in that situation where if uh, they can find a deal right now, they'll say yes. But if not, they'll they'll try to move him um, at the trade deadline. But if they can't move him, then there's no there's not really a lot of urgency to move his contract because he's only guaranteed for the uh, 2.8 million in the following season. The player that is most likely to get waived or traded um, uh, from this list is Ken Birch, I think, um, and this has been reported by by some Spurs media where it looks like um you know he he didn't really he, he was injured to end last year. He never got to play in, in, a, in a Spurs uniform. We really haven't heard much about him about where his situation's at right now. He does have a, a you know a pretty um good contract there at 6.9 million that you would normally want to keep uh and, and trade for in the future. But because there is a deadline, I think that if they can't move him and teams that really haven't seen him play in a long time, uh, I don't think he has that much trade value right now. So I think that they would he's probably the player that ends up getting waived if they can't find a deal for him between now and opening night of the season. So again, I think Birch is the easy answer here in that question about who gets trade waived, traded or waived. I think the tougher question becomes who gets, you know, what if the Spurs can't find a deal that they like, a trade deal? So then who's that second player that gets waived? And that's where it gets really interesting. And so uh, again, I, I don't know. I mean, if you all want to uh, leave your comments um, on, on our Project Spurs website or the YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube or, or tweet at me at Paul Garcia NBA, who do you think is that second player I would post to you if the Spurs cannot um, find a trade for anybody else aside from Birch? 
Um, I, I honestly think they're going to find a good deal, whether it's for Bullock, Osman, or Payne uh before before the season begins so I, I don't i think one of those three players will get traded i think i think teams are going to want one of those three players um on, on their roster especially playoff level teams um but but again we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there uh and again if if it had to be a, a situation where they wanted to hold on to to bullock osmond Payne, and graham because of their contracts and hold them until february or try to move them until february because of how large their contracts are uh then unfortunately I th- like i said that I think Charles Bassey might be that player, even though it looks like he, he had a really good um, a run with the Spurs last year. So again, that's that's a very interesting question. I think who gets traded or waived uh, before opening night of the season? Because like we said, two players do have to get moved or waived. And then like I said, going back to the first topic, I mean, if they sign Dominic Barlow to a full deal and or, or also Chetty, I mean, I'm CD Sissoko, then you're talking about four players getting either moved or or trade, uh, yeah, moved or waived. So that's. It's a tough um, decision by the by the general manager Brian Wright this this coming off season to figure out you know how, how to get this roster down to 15 players when again all of these players are, are pretty good players here you know there's not it's not really like like a play, even like a player like Lamar Stevens who they just waved he could have been a pretty good um, you know um, depth uh, piece there for off off the bench for depth a player there and the fact that they had to wave him just because they're out of, of of salary room I mean out of roster space is interesting so we'll kind of see what happens there uh, with the Spurs. Now, the last topic I want to discuss is uh, just kind of brainstorming some starting lineups because now that uh, we, we knew that Trey Jones was coming back and then we saw that Victor Wembanyama and Summer League played a lot of like three, four, mostly, you know, mostly the, the, the four is what he's going to be on paper. Definitely not the five. They don't want him to play the five there. Um, so that that's where it makes it interesting about who's going to start. So I just have some some um, potential starting lineups here. Again, we'll see what happens in training camp and also um, preseason to see who ends up uh, being the starting five for the Spurs. Uh, so I have more so the first lineup is a traditional lineup where you have a traditional point guard in Trey Jones. You have a you know more traditional two in, in, in Devin Vassell. You have Kelton Johnson, who's a little bit more undersized as, as a three. You have Wemby at the four and then Zach Collins at the five. So, that, so that's one lineup. When you look at it, you say, okay, there's there's stability on offense. They're going to know how to get into their sets. You have a Trey Jones who can get anywhere you need to go. He, he can run pick and roll with Victor Wembanyama. Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty established uh, group there. The one thing that I, I really see concerning in that group is lack of shooting. The, outside of Devin and um, like Zach Collins, a lot of those players d- didn't shoot the three very well last season. Uh, and so uh, that, that's something to watch is spacing in that in that unit. Then we look at a more non-traditional lineup, somewhere where, where the Spurs could be more experimental and not really worry about having a traditional point guard on the floor, just kind of letting different players initiate the offense. So maybe this is a situation where you have someone like Jeremy Sohan. Um, he's playing the, he's playing the three, but he's probably handling the ball, bringing it up the floor and kind of initiating the offense a lot of times. So you have Sohan there at, the, at the, what I would pose as the one, uh, Devin Vassell at the two, Keldon at the three. Wembenyama at the four and then Zach Collins at the five. I think this would be a really good defensive lineup. You know, they really, a lot of size at all positions, a lot of versatility and switching. Uh, but then there's still that issue about lack of spacing where your, your only shooters still are, are, are Vassell and, and Zach Collins on, um, on, on most consistent nights. Then I don't think they'll do this, but there's also the option to just, uh, you know, put Wemby at the five. And then this is where you can kind of get a little bit of that traditional lineup included with Victor at the five. So you have, you can start Trey Jones, Jones, uh, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan at the four, and then uh, Victor Wembanyama at the five. Because of what the Spurs showed us in Summer League, I don't think they would go with this lineup. Maybe this is the type of group that closes a game. I, I, that's where I would see more so where, where Wemby might have to play the five, but more so in closing um, closing games when it's close. And then there's those uh, those other experimental lineups where maybe you could bring someone like Keldon Johnson off the bench as like a six man. Um, we know that he, he was the leading scorer last year. 
I don't know again that they would do that just because he he is he is one of their players making the the, the most money on their team right now, and he was also the leading scorer last year. But this would be where like um, you know Trey Jones starts at the one, you have Vassell at the two, Sohan at the three. Wembenyama at the four and then Zach Collins at the five. And then you, again, you, you let Kelton run your offense there off the bench um, as, as your six man. But again, I, I don't know if that's, that's the route they would go with. Just if, if I had to just pinpoint which one I think is going to start, which group I would say it's probably going to be the, the traditional one, just at least start training camp. But again, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I really feel like they need to have Jeremy Sohan on the floor at all uh, alongside Victor Wembenyama as much as possible. So uh, again, it's, it's a, it's an interesting um, question and, um, and uh yeah, for, for Coach Pop and the coaching staff to figure out here, starting at in, uh, when when training camp begins in October, and then going into the preseason and the and the regular season. So that will be something interesting to watch. Let's see here. All right. So uh, before I close out this episode, I do want to say thank you all uh, for listening to this episode of the Spurs cast. I also want to say thank you to Joe Garcia for mixing and producing this episode. Please subscribe, rate and review the Spurs cast on podcast platforms and YouTube. Uh, I do want to say one thing that we're going to we're going to change our schedule here a bit because we know that the NBA is kind of going into full offseason mode now that free agency is done now that summer league's gone. So we are going to go to to recording Spurs cast episodes again, like we usually do biweekly. So every two weeks we'll put on an episode. If there is any major breaking news, though, I will definitely record an episode that week, even if it's like one of the, the weeks it's off. And of course, once the season gets closer in late September, early October, I'll definitely ramp up and go back to weekly Spurs cast episodes. So from all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.